Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, man. Uh, what are you binge watching these days? The same thing I always binge watch, Andros. Dark. Dark? And, <laughs> and you still haven't binge watched the OA. I haven't seen the OA at all yet, except now that I know that it's been canceled, I might have to avoid it because I'll, I'll get too emotionally involved. Uh, I know, man. It's like it's like uh, the bittersweetness of that uh, of that whole thing. It's it it pains me. But uh, but what if I were able to tell you that we have someone that I'm going to ask directly? I'm going to put my finger in his chest and say, "Listen, pal, you may know a lot about marketing." But you also know who's in charge with this OA business. <laughs> and I got some words for you. I, I because, think uh, I think he's going to listen. And I think the OA is coming back. That's what I think. You, you think so? Well, let's oh, see if yeah. we can make it happen on this show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Marketing Geek. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to get to my finger chest pointing operation in just a minute, but let's uh, pay some bills. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a very special simulcast edition of the Marketing Geeks podcast, where we are going to be joined by somebody that is exceptionally uh, high up in the in the corporate in the corporate world. You're, you're, we have a, we have an employee, a marketing professional from Netflix, joining us on the show today, uh, Kevin Lorino, who graduated. You graduated from Chico State with a what was your degree in, Kevin? It was a, it's an art, some type of um, graphic design and communication. Yeah, well, well, why don't you, uh, first of all, welcome to the Marketing Geeks, everybody. Here we are uh, doing our simulcast. But uh, yeah, I got, uh, why don't you give us a little bit of backstory about how did you end up at Netflix doing what you're doing? This is, like, this is fascinating. Yeah, yeah. I was 2007. I finished up at Chico State, um, you know, to be a graphic designer, photographer. Uh, you know, did that for a while. I spent 10 years working uh, on the entertainment marketing side. So, you know, creative development and, and supporting teams doing movie posters and everything for brand and entertainment. So 10 years on the, on the creative agency side, um, you know, had my own shop for a bit, 2008, you know, Nick Norris and I started a, a small little boutique design agency, did that full-time for three years, had a blast, um, but ended up jumping into, you know, a bigger, bigger company in a different role. Um, yeah, most recent job before Netflix was at Trailer Park. You know, I was managing the print production team there uh, and a team of finishers and, and artists and made the switch. You know, I, it was my first jump to the client side. It was a, it was a trip. You know, it was a big difference. Uh, you know, I'm used to being 
all hours of the night. You can never say no. You're you're the vendor needing to you know make sure everything's all buttoned up. Um, being on the client side is is different, and I love it. Um, and the the team at Netflix is some of the smartest people I've ever met. You know, it's it's a little uh, intimidating rolling into a room with with such smart people. Oh, I get it. So let me get this right. You were in a trailer park and then you were like, mom, spaghetti. And then all of a sudden you're like Netflix. Oh, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Okay. So how big, how big of a company is Netflix now? Like uh, how many employees, like what kind of revenue are you guys generating over there? I mean, you're, you're, a, you're a decent sized company, right? You're, you're, you're kind of small time, medium time. I think it's, I, I think it's up to yeah, small time, medium time. I think it's up to 6,000 employees uh, globally. Uh, and, and growing like crazy, you know, every, every Monday morning, we've got a, you know, you know, coffee with your stunning, uh, stunning employees, you know, so just the, the interview process and the hiring is kind of at a breakneck speed. Um, you know, my, I, I started as a team of one. Now there's a dozen of us, uh, and that's been three and a half years. So, so the, they like have a cloning machine in there and they just they, like, that's, they just start banging it out all day long. Uh, it's uh, it's a good thing. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, I, I actually applied for Netflix here in the Netherlands. I have a huge office, yep. uh, but did not get the You get job. a call back? You talk to anyone? No, I got a, I got one of those really nice return emails. Uh, you know, it was kind of like, bim, bim. I like hit the button and then all of a sudden it's like, thank you, but auto responder. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. No, thanks. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but no, it's a, it's a, it's a fantastic uh, company I hear. And uh, even the benefits are pretty good because you have, uh, you have a newborn, right? I do. And they, they gave you like, you're, you're able to manage the, the business that you're doing from home part-time, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, the family leave uh, policy is fantastic. Um, also sick in vacation time. You know, there, there, there is none. You know, it, Netflix is slow to hire. Uh, you know, there's, there's a whole gauntlet of, of interviews you have to go through. Um, but once you're in, you have ultimate trust. You know, there's the uh, aspect of freedom and responsibility. So if you need, you need time off, you take time off. You know, you don't have to submit for it. Um, Netflix hires fully formed adults and, and they trust us to get our job done. So with the, the family leave, uh, it's up to a year fully paid, you know, hundred percent salary. Um, so, you know, I, <laughs> when I started Netflix, uh, about eight days later, my son was born and I don't recommend starting a new job and having a child in the same week. Uh, that was, that was too much. Um, so, uh, fast forward a couple years later, my daughter was born. I had four months off. It was amazing. I just totally checked out. I was able to spend time chasing the other two kids around while my, while my wife hung out with the baby. And then right now, um, the new baby's three months old. You know, I took a month off and now I'm just in the office on Mondays. Uh, I'm able to really manage the workflow and everything remotely. You know, I was already on three calls this morning, um, you know, just moving stuff around, putting out fires. But the, the team in place is so solid and they're so good at what they do. Um, I don't, I don't need to physically be in the building. Um, you know, and Mondays are just my kind of FaceTime with everybody. I get to check in and, and things keep moving. It's, it's pretty exciting being surrounded with such go-getters that you can have the faith that you can kind of step away and things keep moving. So tell us about the time that you got the job at Netflix and you made that jump. You had the boutique agency and then was there that moment that you're like, Oh, I might have to get a job. And so you just applied like, how, what was that transition like for you? Yeah. And then, and then from the, you know, the boutique agency to Netflix, um, I think was a five year period. So I didn't jump from one to the other. Um, you know, I jumped into, to 
other agencies. And then I was at Trailer Park, you know, it was, you know, kind of the biggest role I had had to date in the, you know, entertainment advertising space. And I, I honestly, guys, I've never done this. I saw a job posting on LinkedIn and I fired off a PDF with my resume. Uh, and that was it. I kind of didn't think anything of it. You know, any job I've ever applied to, I either know somebody in the company or I've got a headhunter recruiter kind of working to get me in there. Um, yeah. this one wasn't, you know, it said, it said print producer slash designer. And I was like, Oh my God, that's me. You know, that's everything in that list, uh, is everything I've done. And I didn't know Netflix had that, you know, it's a, it's a very digital first Silicon Valley type of company. So I, I fired off my PDF and, uh, got a call two days later and, and it just kind of rolled from there. What was it like transitioning from like having the resources you had at your boutique agency to the resources you had at Netflix? Cause it must've been like night and day with the level of money that you have access to all this. Well, it's, it's silly, right. You know, and you know, it's always nice to learn on, on somebody else's dime. You know, I mean, we were, we were pretty bootstrapped, you know, with the agencies 2008 to 2011 when I was there. Um, but we did have an Epson, you know, we had a large format uh, printer. We threw it in, in Nick's living room. You know, his wife wasn't a huge fan of it, but she, she put up with us. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm able to make moves now and, and the budgets aren't a concern. You know, if I need a new $15,000 machine, uh, you know, computer for, for some high end retoucher to come in to do it, I don't have to ask for permission. I just do it because in the first two days of them sitting in that machine, we've already made that money up and then we've got the whole rest of the time and it's, and it's profit. Uh, so it's, uh, that kind of nimbleness and, and access to resources, but also the trust and freedom and responsibility to make the decisions that are right to push the business forward. Um, it's fantastic. It's, 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 you know, just, just running with it and pushing things forward. Yeah, that's incredible. So, so what, uh, what are some of the projects that you worked on and what were some of the types of media that you got out there? Yeah, early on, like I said, uh, 100% of titles were, were my responsibility. So uh, now the team is much bigger and it's kind of in verticals. There's a print producer aligned to the films pod. There's somebody on docs and unscripted. There's somebody on stand-up comedy specials. Um, but I was, I was fortunate enough to, to be on all of them. Um, so, you know, I mean, one of the most exciting ones was probably uh, Luke Cage last year. Uh, mm. You know, we do, we do a lot of billboards. We do a lot of movie posters. Um, but our responsibility is also digital out of home. So anything that needs to be kind of visually communicated to people driving by at a rate of speed, you've got that one and a half to two seconds to capture them. Um, you know, our team, we all have, you know, either design or, or art backgrounds. So we are the visual communication people. Um, but Luke Cage was awesome. We, we pulled some permits from the city, uh, and we were able to, to, uh, tip a billboard, you know, eight feet, uh, you know, on its side. And we had a 3D Luke Cage, like lifting up the cityscape that was our, our key art. Um, and, and we didn't just sculpt it. Like we went to Mike Coulter's house and scanned his face, you know, the actor that plays Luke Cage and then 3D printed it. So it wasn't an artist's representation of his face. It was his face. Wow. Cause you, you really like when you say no limit, like you can come up with a crazy idea like this and, and make it happen. If it's, if, if the idea is solid enough, the money is there. Like we did two of those billboards. Each of them I think was over a hundred thousand dollars, but we did one in LA. We did one in New York. Um, and my favorite headline of anything I've done, I saw a news article that said best billboard ever. And I was like, Oh, damn, nah, that's my, nice, my billboard. Nice. So it was so fun. So many people were involved and, and it was a collaborative process between us, the creative agency and the media company who kind of secured all the vendors. But, 
Um, it was just the coolest thing, man. You know, the die cut cityscape up top and he was lifting it up. So we, we saved one of those Luke cages. It's in storage just in case we get a full size so Luke. Just yeah. in case you ever need a Luke cage. I think, I think you should just take it and then put it in front of like the CEOs. Door, right there. Like Christmas morning <laughs> yeah. when he opens it up. Yeah, wow. yeah. So, uh, okay. So, so the, the question I have for you, uh, has to do with like, you know, first of all, it's, there's a couple of components to this. Number one, when, when people think about marketing, it's all kind of digital. The print medium is going away. You do some of that. So tell me like how, what kind of goes through your mind when you're doing a campaign like this to visually grab people? Like how do you determine what, what ideas are worth pursuing? Yeah, it's a good question. There's a, there's a few parts and you, you, you mentioned, you know, print's going away. It's, it's actually interesting. If you look at the industry, um, outdoor advertising is, is the only, you know, kind of traditional medium, um, that's in the black this, this last year, you know, while digital and online, yes, all those ad revenues are, are skyrocketing. Um, you know, you think of print magazines and newspapers. I mean, those are all just down year over year, but billboards is having a resurgence this year and last year. Um, it's just something, something about the, either the nostalgia of it or the effectiveness of it or whatever it is. Um, it's, it's growing as far as, as media dollars and market share, which is exciting for me. Also last year, I don't know if you guys know, Netflix kind of doubled down on their outdoor advertising and, and bought half a billboard company, right? So we now own 30 billboards on Sunset Boulevard. Um, and, wow. and we, you know, took the placard off and put up a Netflix and it was kind of funny. There were other there were other entertainment companies who still had contracts and were advertising on those boards. So it'd be such and such a show, such and such a studio with a Netflix placard under it. Um, are there any ways, are there any ways that you could track like billboard metrics? Like, I mean, do you just estimate like the number of impressions that you're going to get because you're in a certain spot or like, how do you, how do you track, yeah, you know, and, and that information comes from the media company as we determine who our, our target is for any type of content. Um, they'll say, you know, this billboard is this price in this city. Um, and we say there's, you know, uh, 450,000, uh, over 18 impressions per week or per month. You know, I mean, the, the media companies and the billboard owners and the, the, the landlords, you know, they, they do that as part of sort of their pitch and sales process of like, Hey, buy my billboard. You know, we've got this many adults that see it each day, but, um, you know, there's no click through rates, you know, there's no, no real metrics, you know, you just kind of, kind of trust that. Um, based on traffic patterns. Um, and hopefully people aren't looking at their phone. They're looking up and seeing a billboard. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a little, it's a little looser. So, so like KPIs in general are going to be a little more difficult to, to track. So in, in, on one level, you just don't know, right. you don't know like how, what, what the return on that is going to be. Well, there, there are tests that we've done. You know, Netflix is a, is a testing heavy data decision driven company to its core. Um, and we have done tests in the past of, you know, kind of national campaigns. We will find different market, you know, 30 different markets that have similar, uh, demographic, sociographic, you know, level of saturation for, for Netflix membership. Um, and, and we'll do tests. We'll throw, um, billboards in one town and not in another town and see what viewership does, you know? So there's always, there's, like I said, people way smarter than me designing these tests um, to sort of see if there's lift. Um, and I was a little terrified about that because if, if those tests came back and you're like, yeah, no change, billboards don't work. Um, I was, I was looking for a new job. Right. 
One of the campaigns I know that you were pretty involved with was the Santa Clarita Diet campaign, which had a lot of like kind of controversial material as well, because yeah. you got like French fries with human body parts and like <laughs> things like that going yeah. on. A little bit about that campaign. Uh, and I believe, didn't you have like one of your billboards get banned or something? At least one uh, yeah, yeah, that was a fun part of it. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, Andros, you were asking about what, what creative gets chosen, right? Like what works, right? So that's, it's kind of the, the same part. Um, that campaign specifically was a lot of fun. Um, you know, we were kind of pushing things, you know, those finger fries, we, we found on a map where the McDonald's were and we threw those billboards above there. We had, love that. we had that, we had the arm wrapped in tin foil and we found a Chipotle and we put it uh, above there. So, um, specific media placement is a lot of fun to play with when you have these different concepts. Um, and yeah, it was in Germany. So, so we've got our kind of, uh, national, you know, like, you know, kind of you can us specific, uh, campaigns. And then we have regional offices over the, all over the world. So, um, the, the finger food and kind of the food puns, um, you know, Justin is what I showed you guys when I did that presentation. Um, mm -hmm. and the regions took it and ran with it. You know, there was sangria with ears in it, you know, instead of lemon wedges, there was different kinds of pasta and strudel. And, um, it was in Germany that it was like, uh, uh, um, schnitzel or something. I mean, it looked like a hot dog, but it was, it was a severed finger and it was the media placement, um, was kind of like an, like an LA live, you know, in, in Los Angeles, you know, it was, it was huge. It was in a square where families are and it was a little gruesome. Um, so people got all kind of up in arms and really upset. Um, and we didn't end up bringing it down. Um, but it was a win, you know, it, internally we were celebrating. We're like, Oh man, we pushed it so hard. Um, maybe, maybe we went a little too far on this one. Um, and we well, have to, you have to consider that when you get like a uh, band, you're going to get extra press too, right? Like you're going to get the media picking up that story. And even though it's banned now, it's going to get probably more reach 100%. than before. Is that the case or like, what? Yeah. And, and the eyeballs, I mean, that's exciting, right? You know, the goal is not to, you know, ruffle feathers and offend. Um, yeah. you know, I mean, most of the time, uh, you know, some, sometimes there's, there's a title worth pushing the boundary. Um, you know, uh, you know, one, one, you know, kind of mistake I made. And again, if you're not making mistakes, you're probably not trying hard enough. And, and, uh, pushing things forward is, is what's really exciting. Uh, glow, I think it was glow season one. Um, with a, with a photo shoot, you know, we had, I think it was Alison Brie or one of the actresses kind of licking their middle finger. And we also had one kind of licking their, their index finger. And we, uh, we were going edgy and, but it was, you know, it was a really conservative city in Texas that we put a wallscape mm. up. And I mean, the square footage of this building was like two thirds the size of a football field. It was the biggest wow. thing. Um, and you know, she's kind of licking her finger, flipping everybody off and families are driving by. And, uh, in hindsight, that was probably the wrong call. We should have chosen the other photo. So that was a really expensive thing. That's a lot of material. Um, uh, but we took it down, you know, you pivot, you put something else up and you, you learn, uh, you know, you got to consider the audience, you got to consider what city it's in. Um, and just be appropriate with those choices. But is it, is it on, a, on another side, it's kind of like that alone is a new story that goes national. And of course you can't help, but mention the show when you're mentioning this story and it, it, it on some level it plays well in other areas. Right. So, I mean, isn't that part of the tech? It's going to speak to a certain audience, right? Be like, Oh, you know, I, uh, that's offensive. That, that speaks to me. Um, yeah. But you know, at the end of the day, we're not, we're not trying to show kids, you know, middle fingers. Um, but 
Uh, yes. Yeah. If, if there's people talking about it, it's exciting. You know what? If, if a kid picks it up from that billboard and, <laughs> and, and, and that's like where they learned it for the first time, I'd be shocked. Yeah, yeah. You should be proud. You should be proud if that's yeah. the case. Yeah. I get that controversy kind of plays better in some circumstances than others. So, so have, do you ever do mixing of like types of, of uh, exposure? Like, for instance, do you ever use like geolocating for some of your billboards? So you say, well, if somebody is around this area, we want to expose them to an ad via Google AdWords or Google Display Network or Facebook. Yeah. Do, you, do you ever do that? Yeah, too? you know, we, we have a whole, you know, digital producer team theme um, that we have definitely kind of played with that. We've done some, uh, you know, whether it's kind of QR code or, or other things to have a billboard kind of come to life. Um, you know, the, the digital team could kind of speak better to that. Um, you know, I know that they've played with those types of things. Um, what I thought you were going to ask, you know, instead of kind of, you know, cross media, um, is actually like mixed media, like actually using different materials on billboards, right? That's where Oh yeah. So we've done, um, backlit, you know, uh, glowing billboards we've thrown, you know, we did this whole stranger things logo in neon, you know, a 50 foot neon and, and put that up, which was really fun. Um, for disjointed one year, um, you know, that was the, the, uh, what's her name, you know, owned a, a pot shop. Uh, we did neon lights and, you know, black light and literally an animatronic arm with a pipe kind of going back and forth to her, to her mouth. And it was, I mean, we just built it out, you know, we had a great, great partnership, a great vendor that, uh, physically built out all the mechanics of that, hoisted it up, you know, on a crane and, and made a billboard out of it. So those are, those are a lot of fun. Um, so I take it that some shows though, like stranger things must have like almost an unlimited budget versus like other shows. Uh, I mean, is that, is that kind of the case too? It, it is right. So you definitely have your, your media, excuse me, you have your media budget to, to spend. But again, if the idea is there, you can kind of horse trade and, and, and pull money in, uh, just to really get something to, to pop. You know, we did, um, um, was it Neil Patrick Harris, uh, Series of unfortunate events. Thank you. Just blanking. Um, it was fun. You know, we had art, but we wanted to do something to kind of talk to traffic. Be like, oh, you know, you're on Doheny. Traffic sucks, doesn't it? You know, so we, we, instead of just doing one billboard and then printing a bunch of those, it's definitely more expensive to have custom art. But with the tone of that show and the placements that we had, it was really exciting and really appropriate to get a copywriter in and start speaking directly to people. Um, and that just, that gets, that gets a lift, you know, that's, it's anything outside the norm. You know, an, another example is chef's table, uh, chef's table pastry was really fun. You know, the key art was this beautiful tiered cake on a pink background. It was gorgeous. Um, so we, we did some bus shelters, um, and you know, milk and milk bar, um, you know, the, the cookie shop is in, uh, is in New York. And so we had that, but we also, we pumped smell of cake out wow. out into the street so people are sitting there waiting that? for a bus there's 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 companies that do sense you know one one project i was aware of i wasn't a part of was the willy wonka um uh like red carpet event at you know groman's chinese theater uh because i worked right across the trailer park you know in that same neighborhood um for their red carpet event they pumped chocolate smell into the whole city block um it's the johnny depp one the johnny depp will do one was yeah yeah. You know, it was, it was years ago. So the, I mean, and you guys know, you know, of your, of your senses, smell is the one most closely tied to memory. So you kind of tap it into the psychology yeah. and nostalgia of people with, with the scent. So when we were able to do that with the cake smell, 
um, it was it was just so fun. You talked about personalization. I know that the thumbnails on Netflix are like personalized to your interests, right? Yep. You, do you uh, is that like the, a separate digital team that does the artwork for that, or are you involved at all in the personalization aspect of creating like artwork for movies to, to customize based on interests? And what are you looking at? Are you looking at demographics? Are you looking at psychographics? Like how are you personalizing? Yeah, those are those are all good questions, and and the answer is all of the above, right? Uh, my team, uh, in, in, in its current form, um, supports marketing efforts. Uh, there's an entire separate, you know, creative producer and, and even designer team um, for product creative. And, and product, the way that we talk about it, is everything you see when you go on Netflix, right? Netflix.com. Um, there's the box art, there's the billboard art, you know, everything within the interface, you know, even on mobile. Um, so many different canvases, so many different shapes and sizes. So that's product creative art. Um, and there's there's the concept of diversity, right? Which is the opposite of a, a marketing campaign, right? Marketing, you think of marketing campaign, you think of cohesive, consistent, you know, you've got the same visual vocabulary, the same color palette. So wherever you are around the world, when you see that, it looks and smells and feels like that campaign. Um, product art is, is different. You Diversity in the sense of different color palettes. Sometimes it's uh, uh, a single person Sometimes it's a couple, you know, it's, um, you know, it's aggressive or it's, uh, you know, uh, a relationship or sometimes it's an inanimate object or, you know, I mean, like orange is the new black, the random chicken, uh, was, was one of the thumbnails that did better than, than any of the other ones. Um, sometimes it's just the title treatment on a white background. So you've got diversity in the sense that it's, it's a really wide gamut of, um, art to choose from. Uh, at one point, uh, you know, they, I mean, they're, and they're constantly testing, you know, you got a period of time where you test and you get a winner and there would be a winner per country. And then that's the art that gets served up, um, to a viewer in that country. So, so you have things where it's like, it's like blue plays better in this, in, in England than the Netherlands. Yeah. So the, you know, do, do you have it even where like say different, regions of the country ha- get served different pieces of art because they play better? Yeah, you know what? It's gone even further than that. It, it, it is, like Justin said, it is, it is purely individual. So there's no longer a country winner. I'll see something different than you see something, then, then he'll see something. It, it's all based on our personal preference and our viewing history um, and all of that, which is exciting because everybody can have a different and customized experience. And, and the hope is that you're serving up things that you're familiar with and you're serving up things that you're maybe not familiar with, but sort of excited about. Um, and the fact that there's, you know, any number of pieces of art for the same exact content that could be served up to different people sort of based on what they've clicked on in the past. That's, uh, that, that's really, I mean, it really shows that customization. And we talk a lot about this on, on the show is that, that really getting into the niche markets and customers customizing your message is the most effective type of marketing. Uh, you know, and that's why Cambridge Analytica, uh, by the way, uh, plug for the most excellent great hack documentary, which, uh, uh, you know, as a side note, uh, we had uh, someone leave a message on, uh, on a review for us. And they said that sometimes I get too political. And, and, and actually my response is like, if you watch the great hack, Marketing is political. It is. It, it's all political. It, it is. I mean, think about uh, what we do. It's it's propaganda in its earliest forms, right? We're 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 telling stories and manipulating, you know, mindsets, right? You know, the the goal is to entertain, but it's also to educate. 
And, you know, the, the psychology and design tactics that all of us utilize um, have been used for years to change hearts and minds of, of groups of people. Uh, it's, it's all the same. We need to get into some of the fun stuff now. Um, like, okay, so Netflix, a lot of people have been asking because Netflix has been the dominant, dominant player in streaming for a long time now. Yeah, let's talk about the elephant in the room. There's been a few, there's been a few side players. There's been your Hulu and I don't know if HBO is even on the same par, uh, but there's been a few, but now we have like uh, other big companies entering the mix. So I know that uh, Disney plus is the big one because they're coming in and they're also going to undercut the pricing. Like they're coming in at what, like six or $7 a month. They're coming in cheap. Um, it looks like they're going for a, they're going for a big market share. I, I, that seems to be their intention. And they're probably, I, mean, I would imagine they'll raise their prices after like two years. I'm sure that's coming. But um, in the beginning, they're coming for the market share. Uh, so how is Netflix responding to uh, to Disney Plus? And then Time Warner has their own service coming out. And I know that they're taking friends off of Netflix. And so I know that that, uh, apparently that's been a big hit on Netflix. I don't, I, you know, they never share the metrics. So we don't know that for sure, but I've heard that. Uh, so tell me at least a little bit about how, um, how you see this. I know we've talked about this in the past and how like competition can be very healthy, but I want to hear your, I want to hear your take because things have changed even since last time we talked about this. So. They have. Yeah. No, it was a really interesting year with, with all the announcements, right. In addition to, you know, Amazon studios and Apple and, and I even throw Quibi in, into the mix, you know, the kind I don't of, even know what Quibi is, right. It's just, just, yeah. <laughs> right. Short, short form mobile hasn't even launched yet. Um, it's exciting. I mean, at the end of the day, it's not a zero sum game, right? You, you can have, you know, a number of different services and, and I think the winners are, are, are us, right? Like we're the winners as the consumers of television and entertainment. Um, there's some amazing content out there, right? And to have such access to it, that's, that's the most exciting part for me. As, as okay, a consumer. I, I, need to, I need to step in right here because as a consumer, <laughs> I have a bone to pick. Not with you. This is like one of those things where I'm like, I'm not yelling at you, customer service person, but I'm very upset yeah. because the OA, yeah, yeah. like, okay, no, no, here, here's the thing. Here's the, okay, let me, let me, I, sorry, I'm going to pull up my, what do you got? My what do you got? So, so first of all, the OA, for those of you who haven't seen it, it was one of the most mind blowing original shows I've ever seen. Probably one of the best things on television ever. Uh, the first season was amazing. The second season, when I realized what they were doing, my head popped mm -hmm. off. Uh, it, it was it was so good, and I was so ready for season three. And then no, canceled. Uh, and, and it's a very loved show. People are very very passionate about it, like myself. Uh, but but here, so there, there's an issue here, and that is when when Netflix first came online, it was really a place where it's like we could be daring, there could be original programming, so we could tell these long form stories, but I understand there's like money to be made in it. But on some level, there's another part of it where I feel that uh, Bright was created because enough people said, well, because you like Lord of the Rings and you like cop shows, Bright. <laughs> it, was, it was a de decision <laughs> by like algorithm, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a movie made by an algorithm. <laughs> um, I hear you. I'm, I'm happy to hear how passionate you are. That means we're doing something right in developing good content, right? You would never get worked up over a crummy TV show. So, so, so that's exciting. Um, Before we recorded, Kevin, you said there was like a mini protest outside of Netflix though for the OA too. So there's other fans out there then too, right? There, there are other fans. You know, I saw somebody with a sign that bring the OA back. You know, she looked, she looked very distraught. Um, and I, I, I respect the fact that she's passionate about it to, 
to go out there. There's also been billboards, you know, I was telling you guys earlier that face our building. That's like, you know, bring the show back. You know, somebody's putting their money where their mouth is, you know, it's like, Hey, Netflix, give us some resolution. Um, and that's, again, it's exciting to see people passionate about it because the content is, is great. Um, at the end of the day, you know, those, those decisions are way above my pay grade. Right. And, and, it, and there, there's a ton of viewership data. Uh, there are efficiency models of spend versus, uh, viewership. Um, and then some things are just expensive. You know, you're spending 10 or $12 million per episode on a thing and you expect a certain level of, of return from it. Um, and, and even if there's viewership in the U S but not throughout the world, you know, I mean, these are, is a global company with, um, you know, hundreds of millions of subscribers as, as that kind of test pool. Um, uh, and you're, you're looking for a certain level of, of viewership. Um, do you see, do you see Netflix evolving even further away from like content, uh, getting the rights to distribution rights from studios and even more so as their own studio kind of going forward? Cause we see that that seems to be the trajectory that Netflix is headed in. Oh, it already is, forward. man. They put like 15 billion, right? 15 yeah, billion. In- they put a lot, but they still also have a lot of distribution rights. You still have, you still got a lot of movies. Yeah. And it's, and it's a sliding scale, right? I mean, you go back just what, just five years, you know, house of cards and even like Lily hammer, you know, just before that. Um, you know, it, it is a sliding scale, you know, as we approach that kind of 50, 50, I don't, I don't know what the ultimate goal is, but, um, you know, as, as people freaked out all Disney, all Marvel, it's all going away. Um, you know, Miller world is now wholly owned by, uh, by Netflix, you know, and, and there, there are different stories, different characters, but, um, the foresight, uh, that, that the content acquisition team has, uh, is really exciting. You know, you know, just this year and last year, people are like, what are you going to do? Disney's coming. They're, they're taking everything away. And internally we're like, we're surprised it took this long, you know? So, so having that foresight to get into original content is pretty exciting because if right now we were like, Oh man, we should probably be doing our own thing. Cause these, then we'd be sunk. Be way too yep. late. Yep. Yeah. I think back to like 2008, I think it was 2008 when you first came out with house of cards around that yeah, time yeah. anyway. And like the company stock was down to like 20 bucks. Like uh, all the pundits were talking about like Netflix was going to demise. And, and then all of a sudden house of cards comes out, a few other uh, original content shows come out and the the company explodes. Black was, was one of those, you know, early ones as well. And then, you know, uh, you know, quickster that, that dirty word that we, we try not to use, you know, you split the company up, everybody freaks out and we're like, Hey, that was the wrong call bring it back and, and, you know, make sure you, you listen to your customers. And was that the DVD by mail part? Is that what that yeah, was? was? Okay. That's what that was. I remember that. Okay. So, so, I mean, I, I, I've told this story before on the show, but I, I, at the time I was working in cable and I was uh, making a lot of money and uh, you know, Netflix was the, still a DVD mail order company. And then when the VP came in uh, and I talked to him and uh, I said, what, because Netflix just announced their streaming service. And at that point, I sat down with him and I said, what are you going to do about this? And he looked at me and he goes, that's not our competition. Our competition is the video rental store on a Saturday night when people aren't watching cable. Yeah. And, and I, yeah, and I was like, man, you, you guys are done. That's it for you. Well, and that's it. You got to identify what, what business you're in, right? You know, if Blockbuster or anybody else had, you know, said, you're like, I'm in the brick and mortar video entertainment, you know, rental business. Um, if if they tweak that maybe and said, hey, I'm in the entertaining people at home business, you can still have the same business model. But if you approach it a different way, uh, you 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 take off the blinders of 
of how the the landscape around you is changing. Um, and, that's a and, that's a great point about pivoting because a lot of a lot of people they keep hitting the same thing over and over again. And and if you can, as a business owner, just pivot a little bit and say, how can we do this in a way that that people can relate to yeah. it just the same way, what they love about it. And it, and it, and it is a nudge, right? It is a pivot. It's not, it's not a complete left turn. You know, you, you've got momentum, you keep it going, you just a couple degrees to the right um, and you can keep it going. Um, but if you, if you stay the course and everything changes around you, um, it's just, it's sad. It's a sad day. I mean, a, a company like Blockbuster Video was positioned to buy a company like Netflix, no problem in the early days if they had the foresight to look at that. Uh, obviously they didn't. And that doesn't mean Netflix would have sold. They might not have. I don't know the, <laughs> I don't know the passion behind, you know, or what, what they, what their mindset would have been, but it would have been, uh, they definitely had the ability to either buy them or to take them on much sooner. Because I think Blockbuster launched like a DVD by mail service. Like they did. Yeah. Five years I, I remember late. those commercials. <laughs> yeah. And it just, it yeah. felt, it felt like a reaction versus, yeah. And it just, it just, it just didn't work. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, Kodak, I think Kodak invented the digital camera. It's it like, did. yeah, yeah. So it's, it's crazy how you, you hear these stories and, and, uh, uh, you know, you, it just takes kind of a fresh mindset. So, uh, one of the things I was wondering about, especially in doing the print media, I just want to, this was one question that was stuck in my mind is that when you design more of the billboard, uh, aspects, these are really kind of pieces of art that you are showcasing. Do you also think Instagrammable moments in your mind when you're designing these things? Yeah. Is and that it, part of the, the process? And, and it's exciting. You know, you're, you're, you're directing the question at me, but there are, you know, there's maybe a hundred people involved in, in, in answering that one question. Um, so my team is, is creative marketing production, right? We support the creative marketing team. Um, so, so the, the strategy, the artwork, the, the photo shoots, the compositing, um, and, and even the social media, uh, strategy and assets and, you know, stills and videos, everything that goes along with that, um, our whole teams. And most of that creative development work, um, is done by outside creative agencies, like, you know, like trailer park, like, like, like the companies that I've worked for in the past. So we're going back out to those creative agencies saying, Hey, pitch me, you know, 30 ideas for a billboard. Um, and then we'll give you notes. So there are, there are creative marketing managers that are writing the brief, determining who's the best um, market for this piece of content. We also have marketing planning and analysis, you know, I mean, we've got, um, and consumer insights, you know, we've got the smartest psychologists saying, Hey, we did a focus group. We think these, um, this, this, this group over here is your best market to target. Then the creative brief goes out. Here's who we're going after. Um, you know, you know, women, you know, 25 to 40, you know, uh, you know, this income bracket or, or whatever it is. Um, and you've got creative directors, art directors kind of doing that. So they're culling the, the pile of art down um, and then kind of running it through the executives. But ultimately, like I said, everybody's got freedom and responsibility. So the person running that campaign ultimately is going to decide what, what's best. You know, you also have to route it through talent and showrunners. People have varying levels of approval. So there's a ton that goes into landing on the strategy and the physical like final creative. Um, and we trust that those people know how to speak to their markets. Um, similarly, on the social side, there are full teams. Um, and, and the copywriters, you know, there was, there was one comment online. It was like, I feel like the Netflix um, Instagram handle was taken over by a teenage girl, right? And, and it was like <laughs> the copywriters that are on that team 
were speaking so directly to their audience, it was uncanny. Like, and, and they're so talented to really just speak to people where they are and, and know their market. There's, it's not like some marketing dude trying to talk to teenagers. It's, it's, it's like, it's like, they're, it's like they're friends, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not right. And, and luckily there's, like I said, people smarter than me running, running those channels because they, they know their audience so well. And that's so exciting. So once that trickles down to, to my team, we just make the art the best it can be. You know, we, we do all the retouching, we do all the adaptations. You know, if you've got a vertical piece of art and you've got a horizontal billboard, um, we're, we're trying to uh, respect the art and, and showcase it in a way that's going to be best for the show, best for the brand, um, make sure nothing's infiltrating our Netflix logo. We got our, our, our brand team that, that works really closely with us to make sure that we're on brand standards. Um, and you got enough contrast so people can actually see it. You know, I want to know what it is. I want to know that it's on Netflix and I want to know when I can see it. And then by then they've already during the past. Um, so that's, that, that's it, right? So we're, we're doing that last piece and getting it out the door. Um, and you know, the really smart strategy and creative is, is done with another team that we support. I have a question that kind of goes to the back end of the, of the Netflix business. And is your, is your revenue almost entirely based or, or is it entirely based on subscribers? Are there other means that Netflix monetizes? Um, Cause somebody asked this question and I kind of, uh, and I instantly thought it was all subscribers. Then I kind of wondered, and, and I was wondering if there, is there any other way that Netflix monetizes beyond the subscriber base? Uh, there is, you know, there's still the legacy uh, DVD business. Um, it does know, exist. It, it does. It does exist. There is, uh, you know, a good, you know, a good amount of people that are, are doing that and that, you know, that's profitable each, each quarter. Um, and, and more recently, um, you know, I mean, our very first kind of tiptoe into, um, merchandising was, was stranger things season one. And I think the test was that hot topic, right? You can get some t-shirts and some, you know, there was a, mm. uh, like a, here in the Netherlands, you can get some Stranger Things shoes. You can. I saw. That's awesome, right? And it's and that team started with like just one or two people saying, "Yeah, let's try this deal," and it's blown up to an entire department now. Um, I think we pulled somebody from you know from Disney, you know, merchandising, which is an amazing you know win to to bring that talent in. Um, there's there's video games. I mean that that is now its own force to be reckoned with. And, um, and you look at the, the latest stranger things, you know, there was new Coke and the WAP upside down Whopper. I mean, just the, the tie-ins and kind of the partner marketing aspect and the licensing and merchandising aspect, um, is very new, you know, early on that first sort of test with, with stranger things. Um, it was cool because the goal was just for, um, brand love and, and those moments of joy for, for fans. Um, and just for pure awareness, you know, there was, there was no intent or even need for it to turn a profit or even break even. It was, it was really about the joy that it would bring people. Um, but then kind of like the OA. Uh, oh yeah. That's a really good point. <laughs> and the joy took away when they canceled. <laughs> oh man. Right. Better to have loved and lost. Uh, <laughs> no, I want to follow up. Yeah. Yeah. You never know. Now, do you ever see Netflix con like considering an advertising model? Because, um, I mean, you look at like Hulu, they have like different tiers. One of the tiers allows for commercials. One of them doesn't. Is that something that they would ever consider? Because, I mean, there must be a, a killing of potential profits that Netflix doesn't accept by not allowing advertising. Because they could. Be yeah, it's I mean, that's a question that comes up constantly, you know, as a new employee, you know, we get, you know, we've got the, you know, Reed Hastings has an ongoing kind of Q and a doc, you know, and he'll get in there and just answer. It doesn't matter who you are. He'll answer. 
Um, and we all get to kind of hang out and sit in a room with him and, and kind of pick his brain. So that's, it's definitely a question that comes up often. Um, and, and his answers is, is really standard. It comes back to just kind of like the one liner, um, you know, where our sweet spot is, um, is a, you know, monthly, uh, commercial, you know, ad free, uh, subscription based model. Um, and that's it, you know, and it's not, it's not, it's not sports. It's not live television. It's not ad supported that those are very legitimate businesses that other people are doing really well. It's, it's just the business. It's not the business that we've chosen at this point to be in. If Reed ever wants to come on the show and explain it to us in person, we'll, we'll accept it. Yeah, we will take Reed yeah. on the show. I think we and, can make some time. If he wants to make a Netflix special about the marketing geeks, we'll even let you do like 3D plasters of our face. Oh, look at so, that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll throw it's, that in the memo. It would be a great show. <laughs> Every week we just, we, we take on a new guest and then we just uh, real time watch people like stop watching the show. And <laughs> stop listening. Uh, so, uh, so all of this is we've we've got a we, we're getting a little bit towards the end here, but I've got a a, a couple of other uh, things that I'm I'm curious yeah. about. Uh, the first is is since it is a data driven company and it, it's almost like you guys know what you know you, you really have a pulse on on everything. How long something's watched, what what's being clicked, how long people how they access the the content. Uh, I, I'm curious about the future and kind of like where it's going. My son is a big fan of the Minecraft Choose Your Own Adventure. Yep. And I noticed that there's more of that, which is kind of interesting. So I imagine... Branched narrative, that. Andros. It's not... You can't say Thank that. Thank you. It's no. copyright. Yeah, that's right. Good looking out, Justin. Uh. Uh, I uh, Branched narrative. Uh, I, I, I'm curious about why you guys aren't making a new episode of Black Mirror every day. Oh, man. Uh, that's a great I, question. I, I, I get on board with that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, so tell us uh, about kind of the future of where entertainment is going and advertising and how those two things are kind of intermingled. Uh, yeah. I mean, so the, I mean, the, the advertising piece, again, I don't, I don't foresee a, an ad supported model coming up, but the, the interactive piece, the branching narrative is, is really exciting, right? If you take an active role in it and, and that higher level of engagement versus just passive watching, um, that's really interesting to me. Um, you know, the, the kids space is, uh, ripe for, uh, good and more and better content. Um, you know, whether it's animation or live action, I, I don't know for sure, but I'm curious to see if there are going to be any, um, interactive, like learning based children's programs. I would love to sit here with my kids and have them pick which color on screen and be able to punch it into a, you know, a, a controller or something. Um, that could be a lot of fun. Whereas Bandersnatch is fun for, for me and my wife to, to interact with. Right. Um, so the, the branching, does your, kid, does your kid watch word party and dance in front of the TV? Like mine does my one oh, completely. Yeah, totally. Um, and you know what that with Jim Henson, you know, those are, those are actors with, you know, sensors on. So if you ever seen any behind the scenes, you know, you see these, people just kind of doing the dance. And then when you see the, the animation, it, it, it takes it to a whole nother level. Oh my, God. My, my son loves the theme song to that show. Like we put it on and he'll like, wherever he's doing, he like stands up and starts dancing. Yeah. I don't know. For some reason, my five-year-old doesn't like watching things in order. So watch the same episode six times in a row and you just get those songs stuck in your head. Um, but the kids, <laughs> the kids space is exciting, right? So that, Oh, it, there's so many good shows. Shira, I, I got to say, I'm a sucker for Shira. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I I hated to admit it, but when I started watching that show, I'm like, damn, this is yeah. actually pretty good. Oh, you see the Hollow that. blew my mind. Hollow, Hollow's Hollow really cool. Actually, you see that Kevin Smith, oh uh, Masters of the Universe is is coming out? 
I read that. Yeah, I did read that. Yes. I'm, I'm stoked about that. I'm also really stoked about uh, the new Breaking Bad movie coming out. Oh my God. What's it called? El Camino? El Camino. El Camino. Yes. That Jesse Pinkman story. I'm, I'm so excited from what I hear it. It picks up, you know, right, right where it left off. Um, so and I'm, I mean, everybody's really excited about the uh, Brian Cranston cameo. So tell us about that. Uh, yeah, I don't know anything about that. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Come on. from marketing games. Yeah. And then, of course, the, the new Scorsese picture is coming out. It's like his longest movie, three and a half hours. The Irishman. The Irishman. That. That looks super good. Yeah, we've been uh, working on the, yeah. the key art and billboards for that. You know, it, it's fascinating the way they're telling the story and how they're aging and de-aging the actors. Um, I, I can't wait. I can't wait to see that one. Uh, it's, it sounds like uh, there's definitely a lot of good stuff uh, coming to Netflix. So now is not the time, despite the Disney Plus uh, you know, plus, you know, you could afford, you know, that much. What is it like $10? I can afford both. It is. Plus you look at Disney, right? You get Disney plus ESPN and Hulu for $13. Um, I got, I got room in my budget for both because, because there's value, there's value in both. Let me me ask you this. Cause I, I have a few, uh, listeners that left some questions for the show here. So these are, some of these are kind of like reiterating what we talked about, but I'm going to read them off here. So we have Isla Ahmed, who's a donor to the show. So we need to give his question a shout out. Uh, so how does Netflix see their future? What is Netflix planning to do in order to differentiate um, from the increasing competition? So that, I, mean, I guess that's the, a little bit different. How do you see like the differentiation happening? Um, create great content, right? I mean, and that's not, uh, that's not necessarily differentiation. It's just, uh, you know, if, if you build it, they will come. If you've got an amazing story uh, that's produced well with top talent, um, people are going to show up for that, you know? And, and again, it's not, um, it's not a zero sum game. If we've got great content and somebody else has great content, both of those platforms deserve your dollars, right? Uh, if the content starts to slip uh, and they no longer deserve your dollars, uh, then market share starts to slip. So it's, it's about looking to the future and just really putting amazing shows and, and movies out there. Uh, yeah, uh, real, real quick, I, uh, before, before we hit, I just have, is, is there basically like some shows that are produced kind of by algorithm. Like they say, well, we need a show that's kind of a romantic comedy that falls in line between these two shows. So let's look for that type of content to make, because we know that type of thing is Adam Sandler is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say that um, I, you think about in business, you do a SWOT analysis, right? Where's your, you know, opportunities, threats, you know, so you plot these points and then you're like, where's the gap? You know, let's, let's make our business fill that gap. Um, so I would venture to guess that, yeah, absolutely. You look at the slate of content that you have, and then you look at the like hundreds of pitches that you're getting every day. Um, and I would assume, you know, again, I'm not on that team, but they may skew what they're more open to, to looking at or, or, or green lighting um, based on where maybe a gap is in the, in the slate. Um, but yeah, no, I think, I think people are definitely paying close attention to that, um, and skewing it to where maybe the, the gaps are in the, in the current content slate. Yeah. And, and that's globally, uh, it changes, right? Each region is going to have a different need. So that's, that's why it's so exciting. You know, you can kind of, you know, highlight different content from different countries, um, in a way that fulfills the need of that country. Um, but there may be somebody sitting in, you know, the middle of our country that would never find a piece of content um, anywhere else. But but because it's coming to Netflix, it's it's available to everybody. Um, and that, How that many more really movies does 
Adam Sandler having his contract and are you going to renew it? That's uh, a good so question. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd say probably lots. I think that's the official term lots. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, let me read a couple more questions from the listeners here. So we had, uh, how does one submit their project to be purchased? That comes from Don Fobbs. So how, how does one submit their project? Do you take projects unsolicited? Yeah, that's um, uh, all of my Uber drivers ask me the same question. Uh, <laughs> they pitch their scripts too, right? <laughs> yeah, literally a guy tried to hand me a script and I'm, I'm just not allowed to take it. Um, the, the way it works is you, you need representation. You know, it's just like any other thing. Um, you know, unsolicited scripts, we've got a whole protocol of what we're supposed to follow. If somebody attempts to send us something, um, it's, it's just a no, it's a no go. You know, you've got a manager or an agent and they got relationships with people and it's, it's just, just like the other studios. I got a couple more here. Is it true that they hire people to review new shows or is Netflix hiring people to review shows? Um, there are review. No, but there's a lot of like kind of metadata tagging that happens to inform the algorithms. And there are people all over the world um, that do that type of tagging. That's that's definitely a job uh, job description within Netflix. Yeah, yeah, and it's kind of a fascinating one. Like, how cool to just watch content and say, yeah, it hits these you know thirty categories. Um, it's kind of kind of interesting. And, and the question you always get, like, if somebody wants to apply to be to work at Netflix, what kind of uh, what what's the best advice you can give them? Like, what, how do they go about that? Um, yeah, you know, I've got friends. Just a, a buddy yesterday, you know, found a, a great job. You know, it's um. You do something to stand out, right? You you find something that is appropriate. Um, you know, and you do some research. You know, maybe it's a little digging on on LinkedIn or or Facebook or whatever it is. Um, you know, maybe find a friend of a friend. You know, who may have that contact. Um, and I will say, just having having one conversation with somebody to to kind of flow you to the top of the pile um, is the advice I always give. Um, and and more than anything, if you do get that first phone call, know the Netflix culture deck inside and out. It's a fascinating document. Um, you guys may be familiar with it. If you're not, check it out. Um, and, and just the, the approach, the, the, the curiosity, the passion, um, you know, just all of the different kind of tenants that, that they look for. Because I got to say, in the eight interviews that I had before they gave me an offer, um, we talked about print maybe 5% of the time, you know, everything is about, because if you're, if you're in the room, the assumption is you can do the job, right? Like you've got this skill set, you can do this job. Now I want to get to know you what, you know, it's all about culture fit. It's all about communication style. It's all about, um, sort of your level of excitement and passion for what you do. You know, if, if you just want to show up to a nine to five job, um, Netflix is not the, the place for you. You know, they're looking for, um, people that are going to innovate and push things forward, have uncomfortable conversations because you know, it's, it's the, the best for the company. Um, and I've never worked in a place like that before. Uh, it is really intimidating to come into, but once you kind of embrace, uh, the ambiguity, um, you can do a lot, you know, there's a, there's a lot of wiggle room. And like you said, you know, if, if the idea is there, you know, you've got, you've got that corporate budget behind you to push it forward. You're not bootstrapping anything. Um, you can really, um, have some impact. Um, and, and impact is, is an important thing. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, it's also really interesting to hear that from the standpoint of, you know, I, I have this firm belief that the way we do business has got to fundamentally shift in this, on this planet. And, uh, it's, so it's great to hear that, that Netflix is kind of embracing that. I, I actually have kind of a similar 
situation, it's amazing uh, to be in a, in a place with that much freedom and creativity. Uh, but I've also had jobs where they try to micromanage and I don't thrive there and not too many people do. So it's interesting to hear that Netflix is also cutting edge on how they do their business. Yeah. And, and from the hierarchy perspective as well, it's, it's really flat, right? Like I said, you know, I got to ask, read a question, you know, manager, director, VP. Um, you don't have to go through channels to get to people. If you have an idea or again, you've got that curiosity um, you go right to them and, and, and no VP is ever going to be like, Oh yeah. Who do you report to? Yeah. Go ask them. You know, like it, that's just, that's just not the way it works. And those aren't the, the personalities that are hired there. Um, and that level of access and, and insight, um, is exciting and it empowers each of us to, to do better and, and, and make, you know, uh, better decisions. So that, that, that part's a lot of fun. I, I've got, I've got a really good idea for, for marketing. How about two guys who interview the people who make the shows at yeah. Netflix? And then there's like a podcast. Uh, and they talk about, we talk about like, so I, 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 I know you're not allowed to take ideas, <laughs> but I have, I think a podcast for Netflix with two guys. No. Yeah. Talk about Kevin, it. can you, can you promise me, can you promise me this, that dark season three will happen? Cause if you, if you, <laughs> dark, season three, like I'm going to come out there with my pitchfork and <laughs> just put the sign up, you know, don't cancel dark. You know, we need, we need some light. It's, it's such a good show. Right. And oh, I love yeah. that show. Oh my God. I, I, yeah. It's the only show that I've really like fallen in love with in the last like couple of years. <laughs> yeah. And, and a content or, you know, maybe a, a showrunner or filmmaker that maybe we wouldn't have seen, you know, without a global company like Netflix. So I, I love it's a German, German show. Yep. I love that they're able to kind of bring those stories to a global audience because it's, it's just so well done. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping for like that season as well. I think, I think I saw the graphic that said it was approved for season three, but I still, you know, until it's out. I know. Right, I still, right, I still right, haven't right. heard about yeah, the whole yeah. Marvel Netflix <laughs> deal. That, that, that stung. That stung me just yeah. a bit too. I, you know, but now we're mad at Sony. So we have Disney, Sony to right? blame instead of Netflix now. So, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, great. Well, listen, yeah. I, I so appreciate your, uh, your time here. This was really fabulous. And uh, we would love to have you back on the show at some point. Uh, especially when you like after the first of the year when you're working on some new projects we love yeah. to hear about. when dark season three rolls out <laughs> right 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 yeah you're like <laughs> all right well <laughs> yeah yeah i'd love that that sounds great i oh, appreciate man, you guys having me uh, thank you and if, it, if there's anybody else in marketing uh, who works for netflix would love to be on the show we would love to have them love it yeah anything would you like our listeners to check anything out on netflix is there something you want to promote for netflix um Oh man, what's going on? I mean, I saw there's a new new Dave Chappelle standup coming up, so I'm I'm pretty stoked on on that. Um, and then you know we mentioned it that Breaking Bad movie is is big on my list. Um, yeah. Other than that, if you haven't watched every episode of Black Mirror, <laughs> get on that now. Uh, it's worth it. Uh, it's it's scary how each of those episodes feels like maybe just one half step away from where we currently are oh my in, God. in life. Uh, it's um, it's really well done, and it's a lot of fun. And then Bandersnatch is its own really unique uh, experience. Now, when does Black? Uh, when is the uh, Breaking Bad movie? It's October, right? I think it's October. Yeah, October. Yeah, yeah, wow. I think that's right. It's coming quick. I'm excited. So, uh, yeah. and then finally, any chance of a Black Mirror SS? Um, uh, that the the 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The the Star Trek episode. Oh, the spin off. Is there going to be a show? Please, that'll make up for the OA. If there's a sh- you, you, you probably heard the same I have. Uh, it, it, it may be, and I will be the first to watch it. Um, so hopefully, okay. hopefully that. What happened to Space Force? Is Space Force still coming? Because I remember there was a promo for Space Force. When do we? When can we expect Space Force? Too? Yeah, yeah. A couple of my friends created that that promo. You know, that came from from in house. Um, yeah, it's uh, from my understanding, it's coming. Um, and, and Nick and I were talking about it. Like we're, we're going to have just a little watching party. Like we're really excited for that. It's good timing. Cause I, I heard that the official launch of the real space force, it's like <laughs> tomorrow or the next day or something. <laughs> so. Oh man. Yeah. No, it's that's Steve Carell, man. I, I can't wait. Oh, that's going to be yeah. great. So finally lightning round. Uh, tell me what are, uh, Justin, what are you geeky about? I'm geeky about dark and I will be geeky about dark for the now until season three comes out because I've got these, I've got these unfinished questions. I need to know all, I need to know everything. Uh, that show is amazing. Like if you're going to watch Netflix, go watch dark. My one-year-old son is geeky about word party. <laughs> and <laughs> what else is on that? I haven't seen stranger things yet. I need to, I need to finish. Uh, I need to, I haven't even seen stranger things season two. I'm on like episode two. Oh of my that, God, so dude. It's, like, it's so, it's so good. It's so good uh kevin what are you geeky about doesn't whatever it is in the world right now oh man i mean the content i'm geeky about irishman i really want to see that mm, um and I'm, I'm geeky about uh stuff that i bug my friends with uh typography you always got typography if you're gonna do anything with visual communication you better have good typography and if you know about kerning and you teach your friends they'll hate you forever because they're gonna see bad kerning all over the place <laughs> what, what's your favorite font oh man that's a good one uh kind of like din Mm. Mine is Times New Roman. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> uh, right now, I'm geeky about. I'm I'm learning how to play the uke, and I'm playing it. I'm learning it on Musician, mm. which is uh, uh, really one of the best apps besides the Netflix app, obviously. Uh, but uh, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm learning how to play guitar and ukulele. And Did you watch Dark with subtitles or without subtitles? I watched the dubbed version, but I was okay with it. What, what was just what's your take on that, Kevin? I, I struggle with the dubs. It gets a little cheesy for me. So some does, some yeah. dubs are well done, some are not. Um, so I'm a I'm a subtitle guy. Uh, I like to hear the, the 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 passion and the energy coming through with the as long as the action. font is right, right? Oh man, you know how many <laughs> conversations we've had about it? Yeah. Uh, Kevin Moreno everybody thank you so much for being part of the show and uh, seriously we would love to have you back this was uh, a lot of fun and, and go ahead and invite Reed for us too we'll take Reed we'll take both of you we'll do one with Reed too I'll, I'll bring him along yeah 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 <laughs> looking forward to that thanks guys awesome thank you Kevin wow that was uh, thank you so much Kevin Moreno Man, I am, uh, you know, as I lay it out, I'm actually looking forward to some Netflix things and I'm looking forward to The Mandalorian on Disney. But, uh, you know, it's not like it's not like Highlander. There could be only one. I think, like he says, they can coexist. I think they can coexist. So, yeah, there's enough. There's enough binge watching for everybody. And with that, another fine, fine episode of The Marketing Geeks comes to a close next week. We have another awesome guest. And right. uh, we do. We sure do. And we keep up-leveling our game. I mean, we just had a guy from Netflix on the show. I mean, this is getting serious now. The marketing geeks are not to be taken lightly anymore. No. Season two has so far turned out to be awesome. People, uh, you know. But you know what? If you think we're awesome, let us know. If you think we suck, let us know. Leave a voicemail. Uh, leave a voicemail. Leave uh, you know, 
with us on uh, LinkedIn. Connect with Iris. Special thanks to my lovely wife Iris for uh, everything. She's just yeah. she made me she made me, she, she made me dinner before the show. And for those of you that love the show, we would really appreciate it if you could leave a review so that we have the people that love the show also putting reviews out there. <laughs> and, and, and and we listen to feedback. We're uh, we're gonna read some mean reviews next week. I think they're coming. Sure. They're coming for sure. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you so much for spending your time with us. And with that, stay classy.